So, Christian, hello and good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Richard. Hi. Now, we're here impromptu this afternoon, Friday afternoon, looking at Fry. There's a case called Fry uh, handed down today. Nutrient neutrality, there's eutrophication issues, stalled housing, uh, questions of what you do with uh, reserved matters, stage of uh, obtaining a consent, what you do with discharge of conditions in the context of the problems of whether or not appropriate assessment is going to allow a particular scheme to go ahead. And we've got some help, I think, from that. Tell us, first of all, just in outline, what are the issues, the real issues that the judge was addressing in Fry? Yes, thank you, Richard. Great summary there. Exciting times. Friday being, of course, the perfect day to issue a judgment with the title Fry in it. This was dealing with the very difficult issue and very important issue, serious practical consequences, of what you do with planning applications which are held up in the planning system as a result of nutrient neutrality issues. Equally, it could apply to water neutrality in the context of the habitats regulations. Basically, the fundamental question being, are are the habitats regulations only engaged at the start of the process on the grant of outline or the grant of a full permission? Or does it extend all the way through to getting that very last tick in the box when you've discharged all of the pre-commencement conditions such that you can actually put a shovel in the ground and start some work? So tell me about Fry's factual circumstances. What's What's going on on the ground? What were the factual matters that were relevant to this case? In particular, this is quite an interesting project because this this is a relatively old planning permission. I think originally granted around about 2015, very large residential development, but granted in phases. So an outline permission, various phases to follow. Because of the timing, um, phases one and two have already been all the way through the planning system, fully consented, conditions discharged, and as I understand it, you know, probably building houses right now or indeed have got occupants in them. This was concerned with the next phase, phase three, which has reserved matters consent, but has um, some conditions to be discharged. And again, An important point, the conditions, the pre-commencement conditions that remain to be discharged were not conditions that went to the issue, issues of neutrality or impact upon the designated site, the Somerset levels. Okay, so multi-stage consenting process, outline, reserve, discharge of conditions. Here, the question arose for the authority, shall we discharge root protection area, colour of the materials. I think they said no. They certainly did. That They took the approach that whilst there was no express domestic case law on the point, that the regulations themselves, of course, derived from the Habitats Directive, the EU Directive, was such that if you were to grant permission for the project, in effect, allow it to proceed by approving the root protection areas or the colour of the tiles on the roof or whatever it might be, might well be, that was effectively the key to allowing the project to proceed. And allowing the project to proceed would, it was known, have an adverse impact upon the designated site. So there was, there was a nexus between the act of discharging the conditions rather than the content of those conditions. Fantastic. So, nexus, 
Nexus is the word we're going to take away from this. Is there a nexus between the decision being made, the stop-go decision, and the potential for impact upon that which is designated and protected? And I think we've got a, a helpful one, two, three in terms of the matters that the court had to consider. Do you want to take us through through one? What what was the first point? So yeah, absolutely right, Richard. Three grounds of claim run by the claimant uh, against the decision of the Secretary of State, because this is a case that went off to appeal and the inspector agreed with the local authority. First ground was that the inspector misconstrued the Habitats Regulations uh, 2017. And, and it's interesting because when, when you do read that judgment, and I, I've looked at the, you know, this is an issue I've dealt with on numerous occasions, and you look at the Habitats Regulations and as you read them on their face, they talk about permission for the project, but they don't talk about reserve matters at all. They don't talk about the discharge of conditions. Uh, and what the judge said, you know, he agreed with the claimant that on the face of it, the assessment provisions of regulation are confined in their application to the planning permission stage and do not extend to the discharge of conditions. Now, I'm sure if you were reading this as the claimant, you'd be getting rather excited at this point because we've got agreement there. But the regulations as written don't extend to the discharge of conditions. But then the judgment goes on to set out three reasons why, notwithstanding that is what the Habitats regulations say, that in fact they do um, have the effect of imposing the requirement for an appropriate assessment all the way through, including the discharge of conditions. And of course, those familiar with these regimes will instantly have in mind the high level of protection uh, afforded to such designations, precautionary principle, purposive approach to construing both EIA and HABSREG's provisions. And so judge occupied with what the regulations are intended to achieve and what their what their purpose is. Answer, protection of the designated site, upshot ground one. Dismissed. Absolutely, absolutely right. Lurking behind all of that and the, the three reasons why, the, three, the re, three reasons that the judge gave for determining it as he did, i.e. the Habitats Directive itself, and the Habitats regulations giving effect to that, a purposive interpretation of the regulations to come up with the solution that it did extend all the way through the consent process. And indeed, case law, existing case law, which dealt with similar issues, but didn't get as far through the process of discharge of conditions. But, you know, you can see that behind all of that, there is just that very simple argument that without discharging the condition, the project which we know will cause environmental harm cannot proceed. But if I do allow the discharge of conditions, then environment, environmental harm will occur. The appropriate assessment prevents that approval being given. And you can see why that approach was taken to give effect to what, what is ultimately the, the objective of the Habitats Regulations, which is to protect the environment. And ground two, what was the next point? So ground two, a little delve into the framework, paragraph 181. And what paragraph 181 does is it, it is part of the, the suite of policies within the framework which seek to conserve the natural environment. What, what the claimant said was, well, it, it was wrong 
to take into account those elements, those policies of the framework, because they were not legally relevant to the matter being considered at hand, because the matter being considered was the discharge of conditions in relation to, as we've said, for example, a tree protection area, a construction environment management plan, where the estate roads are going to go, etc. And simply because it might be desirable that policies for the protection of the environment are, are brought into consideration, that cannot actually legally make them a, a relevant material consideration. Uh, the judge, of course, disagreed and found that actually given that the discharge of condition would have environmental consequences, that there was again that word a nexus between the environmental policies of the framework and the decision that the decision maker was required to take, such that it was a relevant consideration uh, in the case. I'm going to make sure that my next piece of written work definitely includes nexus. It's got to be the word of the week. <laughs> ground three. So ground three, short ground, ground three. And that was actually to do with, you know, what what is the scope of the assessment? Essentially, the claim is saying, if I'm wrong, if Regulation 63 still does apply, then what is the scope of the assessment which I'm required to undertake? Well, the subject matter of the application is solely concerned with the condition. We all know full well that a decision maker can't use a condition for an ulterior motive, that you know you can't use a condition to derogate from that which has been granted by the outline consent or the full consent or the reserve matters. So it was said, fine, I've got to undertake an appropriate assessment, but I only need to undertake an appropriate assessment uh, in terms of the subject matter, i.e. the route protection zone, where the estate roads are going, whatever it is. None of that subject matter leads to a conclusion that there would be an adverse effect on the integrity of the site. And therefore, again, both the council and the inspector were incorrect to widen the scope of the appropriate assessment to the project as a whole. Uh, judge rejected that. Indeed, in the judgment, this ground only gets two paragraphs. Uh, the judge cites counsel for the council um, in stating that where the decision is the final stage in granting authorization for a development, it is the development which is to be assessed, i.e. you can't cut down the assessment artificially. You must consider the project as a whole. Christian, that has been fantastic in summarising what Fry has to say this Friday. And the upshot is that the position is unchanged, really, as uh, regards neutrality. It seems that that which is stalled remains stalled. And those who've been advising that some of these stages in the planning process are stop-go will have further support for their advice, but we're waiting to see if something else happens further on in the litigation, I imagine. Absolutely. This is only the latest chapter. It certainly isn't the end of it. It will be interesting to see if this decision is appealed and, of course, if it is, what the higher courts make of it. A movable feast, potentially. Well, on, on that occasion, I shall bother you again on a Friday and we'll um, roll out that next chapter. But in the meantime, Christian, thank you very much. Please get back to packing and for exiting to the weekend. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much indeed. And you. Good to see you, Richard. <laughs>